the Lord gives me clear direction a week in advance, two weeks in advance, three weeks in advance. Other times he gives me direction a couple of days in advance. Other times he gives me direction 12 hours in advance. Then there's sometimes, like today, he gives me about five minutes in advance. Uh, I, I used to, when I was younger especially, I would be very panicked because, you know, you want to know where you're going, kind of feel it out. And I told the small group leaders today, usually I kind of give them a little heads up where I feel like the Lord's taking them. I said, today, I don't really know. I have two, two things I feel in my spirit, and I'm kind of in between both of them, and one goes this direction, and the other goes that direction. And as I've been here today, and we were, Sister Kate was ministering, and we were worshiping and pray, praising, I felt one direction this way and one direction that way, and God just said this way. So we're going with option three today. And option three is just, we're going to follow the Holy Ghost today and see where God's going to take us. Uh, Matthew chapter 14, verse 22, very familiar passage of scripture. I know what time it is. I understand. Just work with me here. Matthew 14, verse 22, very familiar story. Immediately, Jesus and his disciples got into the boat to go before him to the other side. While he was, while he sent the multitude away, and he said to the multitude, when he sent the multitudes away, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. Now, when the evening came, he was alone there, but the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Everybody say contrary. Now, on the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea, and when his disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, "Is it a ghost?" They cried out for fear. There's another passage of scripture that talks about that Jesus would have walked by them. He would have kept walking, but they cried out. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, be of good cheer. It is I do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And he said, come. And when Peter came down, the boat walked on the water with Jesus. When he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and began to sink he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus stretched out his hand and called him and said, Oh, you, a little faith, why do you have doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those who were in the boat came and worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. I am learning in life that life is often accompanied by contrary winds. For a long time, I felt like that every contrary wind was the attack of the adversary. And that I had the ability to speak the word and those winds would cease. But you know what? You speak the word long enough, the wind keeps blowing. You realize some winds are meant to be there. Not every contrary wind in your life is meant to go away. Not every contrary wind in your life is blown by the breath of Satan. Sometimes the contrary winds of life can be the storms of circumstances. It can be the storm of pain. It can be the storm of hurt. It can be the storm of just what you're in in the season of life that you're in. It can be the storm of a marriage. It can be the storm of a job. It can be a God-given storm. But storms are a part of this journey. Wind is a part of this journey. Contrary wind is a part of this journey. I will never forget 
that when years ago we had the opportunity, we were traveling to England to do a, 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 me, a meeting at Brother John Hemus's church in Liverpool. And we had a couple of days to stop over in Ireland. And there was a opportunity there while we were there. We, we got a chance to play some golf. And we played golf on this, this place that was right on the ocean, right on the, right on the sea. And that particular day, and this is Ireland, and they're used to this weather, but that particular day that we played, the people there, the, 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 the course had been around for quite a while at that time, and they made the statement that based off the recordings, I guess they had a wind recorder there at the golf course, they said this was the third windiest day ever recorded here at this golf course since it opened. Well, at the time... In order for us to be able to play, we had prepaid. So they weren't going to give us our money back because it was windy. This is Ireland. You go out in the wind. So we decided, well, we got nothing else to do. Let's go play. And there was a particular spot on the golf course that was on these cliffs that were right on the water where the wind was howling. I mean, absolutely just sustained winds of 40, 50 miles an hour, gusts at 60, 70 miles an hour. That's not a joke. I mean, it's one of those ones, if you've ever played golf, you'll understand this, but it's one of those ones where the wind was so strong at, at times, if you hit the ball up, the ball would actually travel back behind you. That's how strong the winds were at times. But there was a point in time where, you know, you're just kind of being goofy. And there was a a particular spot that was significantly windy. It, It was the wind was coming across the open ocean and it was hitting this cliff. And it was creating this sort of significant updraft right on this cliff. And we stood there. Well, I stood there. They didn't. I guess I was the only goofy one. I stood off probably about four or five feet off the edge of this cliff that was significantly high, but I wasn't far enough to hurt myself, but I was close enough. I could feel this immense wall of wind. And I kind of had this idea. I wonder how far I can lean over. I wasn't now before you panic. I wasn't leaning to the point where I was, but I just, cause I wanted to see, and I got to the point where you, I could lean. I mean, I wasn't like 45 degrees, but I could put a lot of my weight way over my toes and that wind would just hold me. And I could just sit like this. And that wind was just... And I could hold in that wind. And so maybe you've had the opportunity to feel wind of that degree. I don't know in this story how bad the wind was. But to understand, and you've heard this before, but allow me just for a moment to work it again, to understand the skill level of the men that were on this boat, their background, the understanding they had, most of them were fishermen, most of them had grown up on the water, they understood what the water was like, they understood, come on, that wasn't the first storm they'd ever been in, but apparently there was a level to the wind of this storm that was not normal. There was a level to this storm that was contrary enough that it concerned them to the point that they were dealing with fear. It's amazing what happens when we start listening to the wind. Because one thing I remembered that day 
about the wind on that day in Ireland, the significant sound of the wind was the wind was so strong that we couldn't really communicate with each other. That if you were just a, I mean, there was times where we were in particular places that were very exposed to the wind, that the wind was howling at such a vibrating speed that if you were just a few feet away, like I am with Brother Bickley, you couldn't get communication with that person because if you were talking to them, even if you were yelling, they couldn't hear you. The wind begins to sort of drown out voices and And when you begin to listen to the wind, you begin to forget things. And we understand that in this story, there's one significant thing that began to elude them. And that was the fact that Jesus was the one that put them in the boat. You see, the first thing, this hit me the other day in my own life. But I want to just say this to somebody in here today. Don't tell me God's not speaking when your Bible's closed. Everybody wants God to speak, but sometimes God doesn't speak like we want Him to. But don't tell me God's not speaking when your Bible's closed. Because you know what? Sometimes wind in life can be so significantly against us that we can't hear anything but the sound of the wind. Whether it's the sound of the wind of fear, whether it's the sound of the wind of doubt, whether it's the sound of the wind of hurt, whether it's the sound of the wind of circumstances, uncertainty, whatever the sound of the wind is, there are times where we can't hear because of the sound of the wind. But in that moment, somehow, someway, and if you look back, and I don't have time here today to do it, I, I, and, but I remember years ago I did this study and, 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 and it stuck out to me. Look at the events that led up to this moment. These guys weren't just seeing Jesus for the first time. In fact, if you look at Matthew's account, go right to the story right before this. He had just fed 5,000 people. 5,000 people. With a value menu from Long John Silver. Two fish and five biscuits. That's all they had. 5,000 people multiplied. These guys had just seen something that was absolutely beyond what you could imagine. And not only that, but I love the story because this is how God is. When God does something, he doesn't do it halfway. He did it so much that in the end they gathered up 12 baskets of fragments left over. This is the context. And he, they get on this boat and the wind is contrary. But in that, there was fear that began to take over. Uncertainty that began to take over. And when you have fear and uncertainty and other things that begun in the wind, instinct begins to kick in. Human instinct begins to kick in. Survival instinct begins to kick in. There's something built in all of us called fight or flight. It's a real deal. Look it up. Fight or flight is built into the psyche of who we are as human beings. And when that fight or flight syndrome kicks into you, you can do some pretty crazy things. I don't know. The Bible doesn't allude to it. But somewhere in this, based off the behavior of these experienced men, they had been experiencing sort of some things that kind of sound like they were getting to that place of cheer and utter panic. 
And in the middle of that, Jesus, who seemed to be so distant and so far, like in all of our cases, it feels like sometimes that when we need him the most, he's not there. It feels like when everything is going great, he's right next to us. But it feels like when we need him the most, he's so far away. And I can imagine these guys were looking at each other and going, what has happened here? Where is he? The Bible doesn't give us the dialogue of this moment. It doesn't give us the dialogue. We can piece together some of the things that happened on the boat. But I'm just speculating here. But I think it's real speculation because these were human beings. I imagine there was some conversation going, of course he let us out here to die. Of course he did this. Oh, Oh, yeah, he's up there praying. Look at us. We're out here dying. We're out here perishing. He's up there. He's Where is he? Like all of us have at one point in time in our life where we struggle to find where is God in the moments we need Him the most. But you see, and this is not the point of where I feel to go, but can I add this? It's that it's the storms that bring certain things to the surface. If these were going to be the men that stood at the face of the greatest obstacles and the greatest wind, which was the wind of persecution, which was the wind of adversaries fighting against them, which was going to be the wind of looking up at a cross at a Savior and knowing where it, what's going to happen, the wind of, of uncertainty when he was in the grave for three days. And we didn't know what was going to happen. When we're facing the wind of uncertainty, when revival's breaking out and harvest is breaking out, but we have people that are dying all around us because the government's taking them and kill them. When they're facing that wind, if they wouldn't have faced this wind, they would never face that wind. God always knows where you're going. This was about really bigger than just the boat. Can I tell you this in the Holy Ghost? I'm telling you, I have no. This is the extent of my notes right here. That's it. That's all my notes. Whoa, that's a camera. That's my notes right there. Just that. I say that because I don't know why God is giving me this this morning, but he's given it to somebody. And I'm going to tell you in the Holy Ghost, what you're in, you've determined that what you're trying to figure out why God has you in this. Let me tell you, for somebody in here, it has nothing to do with where you are. It's where God's taking you. But this is the first step to get there. I can't tell you how many things over the last number of years where God did certain things in my life and I was wondering, what, what, what is all this about? But then when God took me to where he, was, where he was taking me to and I look back, I go, oh, now I know why God did that. So I don't believe that God was trying to punish them. It wasn't, you know, that's our big thing. It was God punishing me. God mad at me. Is God trying to hurt? No, God's trying to teach you. God's trying to pull some things out of you. And I think when God looked at them and, and Jesus was trying to talk to these guys knowing what was to come, he looked at them. He said, there's some things in you that you're not going to be able to face where I'm taking you. So I got to get them out of you. Hey, guys, get in this boat. Now, he didn't tell them that. He never tells us that part of the story. He tells us, go to the other side. I'll meet you over there. Because you know why? If God would have said to, if, if, if Jesus would have said, hey, listen, you guys got some fear in you. I got to get it out. You know what they'd have done? Okay, all right, I'll go work on that. Okay, I, I, I'll start. What do I need to do? Fear, fear. I got rid of fear, fear, fear. That's, they would have started doing it themselves. They would have tried to figure it out. 
No, he didn't tell them what he was going to work on. He just said, hey, guys, listen, get in this boat. Go to the other side. And I know in Jesus and how he works in my life, it was probably a beautiful sunny day. I mean, they probably looked at there and went, man, the water is calm and blue today. Boy, this is going to be a beautiful, beautiful sail across the sea. This is going to be wonderful. And, you know, they got in there thinking, is God tricking them? No. Because let's be honest, if the storm was was howling to begin with, and Jesus said, get in, they'd be like, no, I'm not, I'm not getting in. I'm not getting in. No, no, you need to get in and go to the other side. But, but Lord, we're fishermen. We know what to do. That's a bad storm. So you know what? Knowing how Jesus operates, I guarantee you, it was a beautiful sunny day. And he said, hey, get, 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 get in the boat. Go on the other side. But because he knows the end from the beginning, he knew the storm was coming. But he knew the storm was going to bring out things in their life. What is the wind of your life revealing in you? What is your wind revealing in your heart today? What's the wind? Because when the wind blows, something's going to be revealed. When the wind blows, something's going to be revealed. And for these men on the boat that day, there was something being revealed. And that was they had some fear in them, some uncertainty. And ultimately, I don't believe they really trusted him. Because if they did, they would have stopped and went, hey, time out. Chill. Peter, put down the bucket. Relax, man. Because you know, as crazy and hyper as Peter was, you know he was in pure panic mode. And that guy was always one fry short of a full Happy Meal. He was always on the verge of total meltdown. Seriously, that guy was wacky. I mean... This guy was not normal. So if you think the fact that you're not norm, that you're not normal disqualifies you, that probably qualifies you. Because he was not normal. And I know, knowing his personality, you know he went into pure panic mode. And John, knowing who John was, I would imagine of the group, John would have probably been the chillest. John, the love dude, would have been like, guys, we got this. God's, you know, Jesus loves us, man. And Peter would be like, dude, you just need to stop right now with that love stuff. We're going to die. <laughs> I don't know where, where the rest of the crew picked sides, but imagine there was something happened on that boat that day because it's human nature. There was some love people and there was some panic people, but I think the panic overtook the love. Because the problem was they were so busy on what they were going through, they didn't recognize who was around them. Because when Jesus came walking, and there's a verse of scripture, I preached on it before, but this is not the context today, but still one of the greatest passages of scripture in all the Bible, because it just baffles me from one standpoint, but it inspires me in another standpoint. The Bible says Jesus went, saw where they were, and would have. That is absolutely staggering. He would have passed them by. Are you serious? That we always talk about this, that there's an old, 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 old song we used to sing, that reach out 
and touch the Lord as he passes by. You'll find he's not too busy to hear your heart's cry. He's passing by this moment your needs to supply. Reach out and touch the Lord as he goes by. That's an old one. But see, there are times where he does come by. But if you're so busy listening to the voice of the wind, if you're so busy caught up in your own world, even Sister Kate was talking about this morning, you're so busy in your circumstances and your problems and your issues and what you're going through, you can miss out the fact that he's right here. If you've got, if you're a parent, you've probably experienced this before. But there's a time when you're a parent, kids are playing, doing stuff. And I will never forget, this was years ago. My nephew was, my, 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 my oldest nephew, Timothy. He was probably two, three years old, somewhere around then. And he was over at, I was still living at home at the time, and uh, he was, um, he was over, my mom was watching him, and I can't remember why, why she was watching him, but she was watching him, and we were busy doing something, and we were very, we were, it was something, I don't know what, if we were watching something or doing something, right? I remember, but everybody in the house was focused, we were, we were very focused. And a few minutes after that, we, uh, we noticed Anybody know where Timothy is? No. My mom said, where, where's Timothy? I don't, I don't know. So she went looking for Timothy. Didn't take her long to find Timothy. And Timothy had been inspired by the greats of Picasso and Michelangelo and all the other great Van Goghs and everybody else. Because he had found himself a crayon and decided that to help his grandmother out, that he would create a mural on the wall in red crayon that extended for about seven feet on the wall to as high as his little hand could reach. And he drew this beautiful mural on the wall. And all of it happened because... At the time, we were focused on one thing that we didn't notice what was going on around us. Why do you think the devil wants to get you so caught up in your world and your problems? Why do you think the devil wants you to come in here today so weighted down with your stuff and your life and your issues and what you're going through? Because why? Because if he can get you focused on that, when Jesus comes walking by, he'll be standing right there and you won't even realize he's there because all you're doing is looking at the water in your boat and hearing the sound of your wind. And you won't even realize the fact, or better yet, God will send somebody, a brother or a sister, that will come and will give you a word. And because it's not something you expect or someone you expect, you miss it. 
can't tell you how many times God has used people that are just out of the blue. Right now, right now, there is a, a, a person that since my wife's father, she talked about it today, my wife's father has passed. There is a person here in this body that has faithfully, faithfully, and I'm talking about faithfully, I don't think they missed a day in two years. Every day, text my wife. Literally, every day. I'm not talking about just Sundays. I'm talking about holidays, snow days, rain days, every day. And what's amazing to this is that there are so many times that that text comes and it's a little word or a word of encouragement that fits exactly to what she needs for that day. And I can't tell you how many times she's come to me and show me a text and say, look, this is, look at this. And I go, that's only a God thing. Because this person could have no clue unless they're living in our house. What we're going through. And if you looked around this room, and I love it because I know some of you are scanning going, I wonder who it is. I wonder who it is. I wonder who it is. I guarantee you, you wouldn't guess it. Wouldn't guess it. You wouldn't guess it. Because you're probably thinking, well, probably Mother Wright. They live in the same house with Mother Wright. She's probably the one texting. Of course she knows what's going on. She lives there. It ain't Mother Wright. But God is using that individual right now. But I got to be honest with you. If you're expecting something to come this way and God comes this way, if you don't have your head up looking into the wind instead of looking down at what the wind is doing, if you don't look ahead at where you're going, you will miss out on what God is doing. Because there's something that takes place when you're going in the wind. Is the wind wants to drive you back. The wind wants to push you down. The wind wants to get you worried about what's going on. You got water in the boat, water in the boat. But there's a time when you're in the wind. You've got to lift up your head and look ahead. At where you're going. And I wonder that day what would have been different if those men would have gotten their head out of the boat and started looking at the other side. The problem was they couldn't see the other side. But the fact of the matter is they knew it was there because God said it was there. There's a scripture, and I, I could get to it today, but I don't have time. I'm running out of time. But there's a part of scripture in, in Acts chapter 27. There's a verse of, there's a story where Paul gets on a boat. He was, I, I preached about it several years ago. Paul gets on this boat. He's a prisoner on this boat. They start sailing. Guess what? Storm. Not good. And Paul says, um, fellas, uh, there's a problem. Um, this storm's really bad, and it's going to get worse. We might want to pull over and, and just chill. In fact, Paul's suggestion was, hey, we should probably harbor here for the winter because they started sailing during the stormy season and this wasn't like a yacht. It wasn't like a cruise ship. These boats weren't exactly the most stable in stormy weather. So during the winter time, they wouldn't sail. And so Paul's kind of like, hey, you guys need to rethink this sailing thing we need to chill. And the Bible says that the man in charge of the ship, the centurion, who was under pressure, under a deadline, 
said, no, we're going to keep sailing. Because this is not a good place to stop. And we're going to go to the next place because that's better. So you got one man following the voice of God and the other man following the voice of experience. Woe be it when you let wisdom trump God. Woe be it when you let wisdom and experience. I'm thankful for the people God has surrounded me with that have wisdom and experience. Sometimes that's a beautiful thing. But that doesn't say other times God puts you in contrary positions to wisdom and experience. And Paul said, hey, bad idea. We're not selling good today. And they go, no, no, no. And the Bible says that everybody on the ship listened to the voice of wisdom and experience over the voice of Paul. Can't tell you how many times through 20 plus years of preaching and 40 plus years, almost 40 years of, of watching church and watching people in church. I can't tell you how many times I've heard a man of God or a woman of God cry out with the voice of God saying, Hey, the storm you're in right now, you need to find a refuge. But someone gets on the phone the next night or the next day and hears the voice of experience and says, no, you can keep do this or do that. And they listen to the voice of experience. And instead of having somebody safe in the harbor of Jesus, we end up picking up broken pieces of a shipwreck. Why? Because sometimes, i got to be honest with you, God, does it make sense? I know I'm all over, I feel like I'm all over the map, but I feel like I'm in the Holy Ghost, so I guess God is just using all kinds of different things. But God doesn't make sense. There are times, there's God doesn't make sense. If you're waiting for God to make sense, get a ticket and get in line, because you're behind me. I was here before you. Because I've been waiting for God to make sense for a long time. And he has it. So if you just arrived here and you're like, well, God doesn't make sense. Get behind me. Because you're not getting your answer until I get my answer. But he hadn't given me one. Because he doesn't make sense. God doesn't make sense. And he's going to ask you to do things. If you want it to make sense, it's never going to make sense. And he does that for a reason. Because he wants you to know, well, you listen to the voice of the wind. Or we listen to the call of the Spirit. It did not make sense to them to keep sailing in the storm. It didn't make sense to them to stop here. When I think we can make it to the next harbor in the story of Paul. But here's what happens. And here's the, 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 the crux of the story in Acts chapter 27. The centurion says, hey, we can make it to this next harbor. I think it was called Phoenix. Not Phoenix, Arizona, but Phoenix in a harbor there in the Mediterranean. And he says, I think we can make it. So they set sail. And the Bible says when they got sailing, again, it didn't look like it was that bad. But when they got sailing, the wind, the storms became very heavy, increasing. And it began to overtake them. And here's the word that is in Scripture. I don't, it's not in the King James, but it's in the other translations. And I love the phrase. Because the Bible says that when the wind came against them, it began to buffet against the ship. It began to tear the ship apart. And the Bible says they gave up and were driven along. That was the term, driven along. There comes a point in time when you can't fight anymore because you're fighting the wrong way. 
that you become driven along with the wind. And what's about the whole story. Now, God worked it out. It was awesome. But sometimes you're going this way and you hit some wind. And instead of standing flat on your feet, throwing your head in the air, looking the wind straight in the eye and say, wind, my foot's on the rock. My mind is made up. There may be some times I'm going to have to lean into the wind a little bit. I'm going to have to get over my toes of comfort, get out of my comfort zone so I can not be blown back. There may be times where I can't make any headway because the wind is so strong, but I'm going to stand my ground firm and understanding who I am and whose I am. I belong to someone that's greater than the wind. As the, that song says, I know the master of the wind. There may be times I may not make it, but I'm going to stand flat on my feet, put my head in the air, and say, when you can blow, but my anchor is in Jesus. But when you don't have that attitude, you become like Paul's group, and you become driven along by the wind and the rain and the storms and the life, and next thing you know, you're off course. You find yourself miles and miles from where you thought you'd be because you, instead of resisting the wind, you let the wind overtake you. See, we have this mentality and this thought for a lot of us that we should be able to speak to the wind. And it goes. But there's a lot of times I have to be really open with you. I've spoken to the wind. And you know what the wind did back to me? Real spiritual, but that's exactly what it was. I'm like, wind, under the authority I got my preacher on too. I'm like, under the authority of Almighty God. You can't say God when you get preacher and you got it. It's got to be God. I come against you, wind, in the name of Jesus. I command you to be still. You heard me. Okay, I'm going to try this again. Listen, you need to calm. You ever prayed for some things and instead of getting better, it got worse? Because I'm like, wind, cease. And the wind said, okay, I'll just blow harder. They used to frustrate me. They used to, they used to concern me. And I used to say, well, God, are you not faithful? Oh, God, your name's not powerful enough. Oh, and I'd get in the poor me's and start looking at the water in my boat. But I realized not every wind is supposed to cease. Because there are winds that come in my life to show me what's really happening in my boat. And if I don't learn to resist those winds, because you see, with every wind comes a new, fresh level of revelation. Before the wind, they knew him as the one that fed 5,000. But after the wind, they knew him as the one who walked on water. The wind in your life has not come 
to destroy you. But the wind in your life has come to reveal things in you so that you can see Jesus in a different way. So when that becomes the case, instead of running from the wind and being driven along, that same wind that this is, I'm not, this, 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 it was a fun day, really it was. That same wind where you could lean out, if you turned and ran with it, I guarantee you that day I could have given Usain Bolt a run for his money. Because that wind was so strong, I mean, I felt like I was floating on air running with the wind. The problem is, sometimes we don't want to resist. It's hard to resist. It's easy to give in. It's easy when you're feeling wind to say, I don't know, I don't know if I want to get, get up on Sunday morning and try to go there today. The wind is going... <laughs> And that alarm clock goes off on Sunday morning. And instead of hearing the call, the Lord says, come fellowship with me. You're here. When the wind comes, that's not the time to quit. That's the time to dig in deeper. Because that's the time where God is saying, I'm going to show you something. It's amazing to me. And I'm a student of archaeology. I've loved archaeology. I'm not Indiana Jones, but I do enjoy archaeology it intrigues me, and it's always fascinating to me. When I was in school, when I was in college, I studied Egyptian architecture and Egyptian archaeological history. It was just something that fascinates me to this day. And there was particular times when they would tell the story that, especially out in Egypt where it's the shifting sands of time, and populations that have been around for 4,000 years. There would be whole civilizations, whole cities lost to time. And after all these years buried, the wind would cover it up, and the same wind that covered it up would eventually reveal it. Because the wind sometimes covers, and the wind sometimes reveals. And there'll be times in your life where the wind is coming to cover up things in you to protect it. Because you know what, John, the amazing thing is, if it wasn't for the wind to cover those civilizations, we would not know them anymore today. Because over time, the buildings would have been torn down, the blocks would have been carried away, but because of the wind, they were covered, protected. But when the wind blew again, what was covered has been revealed. Life does that. Because sometimes when you're dealing with hurt, wind covers to protect. But then God brings another wind along to reveal. Sometimes wind blows in our life. And it seems like, wow, where did it all go? And there's other times wind blows. And things are revealed that we thought had been lost with time. Not too long ago, along the eastern shores of Florida, there's a stretch on the eastern shores of Florida called the Treasure Coast. It's not called the Treasure Coast because of its beauty, because of its sandy beaches and beautiful waves. It's called the Treasure Coast because... 
for hundreds of years, ships have been lost on this strand of ocean. And literally billions of dollars in treasure have been lost. And you'll find that after every hurricane or great storm that blows through Florida, there will be men and women with metal detectors and boats rushing off to the beaches and around the shores to see what the storm has brought to the surface. You see, not everything that's revealed is a bad thing. Sometimes winds bring great treasures that you didn't even know are in there. Sometimes the winds of loss bring a level of faith and trust, confidence in God. Sometimes the winds of hurt bring the beautiful revelation of the treasure of a healer. Sometimes the winds of rejection bring about the acceptance of the Heavenly Father. What's the wind doing in your life today? Some wind is covering, some wind is revealing. Some of you are, the wind is contrary to you today. Are you resisting it? Are you letting it blow and drive you along? What's the wind doing you today? But more importantly, what are you focusing on so that you don't miss out on what God's doing in your life? Are you so focused on the boat that you don't see that your Savior is walking on the water right next to you? That if you would just get your head up, lift your head up, you'll see He hasn't left you. He's not forgotten you. He's right there next to you. Father, I know that you have spoken today more than anybody in this room. I know you've spoken because none of this was in my spirit before I came here today. And Lord, even though in my natural mind some of this doesn't make sense, in my natural mind there are things that have been spoken here today that I I don't even understand the purpose of them. But God, I know in my spirit that every word that's been spoken here today, you are speaking to individuals in this room today. You know where every person is at today. You started it during worship. When you spoke in worship, Lord, you spoke to know that you know where every one of us is at. And Lord, you're confirming that today that you know every single person is in this room. I pray today, God, that we'd get our eyes off the wind and we would lift our eyes on you. That when the wind is blowing contrary to us, that we would stick our chest out into the wind to resist because we know that you've called us into this wind. That your grace is sufficient. Your strength is sufficient. When we are weak, you are strong. I pray today in Jesus' name. Would you just do this with me as we close? Would you just stand, lift your hands to heaven and say, God, I trust you with the wind of my life. Tell them that in some way. Say, God, I trust you with the wind of my life. Whatever wind is blowing, I trust you that you are in control of the wind. You are in control of the wind of my life. 
Father, I speak it today. We trust you, Jesus. We trust you, Jesus. In the name of 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 Jesus. Let's give God praise one more time. Can we do that? Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. God bless you. Let's go forward. Let's digest this today in small group. Let's let God speak in us and through us today. If you would, help us break down our chairs today. Help us with the stuff on the platform. God bless you.